We hope you're well. You are now listening to Bite Size Feminism. A place where you can learn more about one aspect of intersectional feminism in 20 minutes. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Annabelle. And we both study languages at the University of Oxford and use the pronouns she, her. We created the Bite Size Feminism platform because we found that people couldn't digest any more than a tiny amount of bite-sized feminism in one go. This podcast talks about one feminist topic in depth with a new guest each week. We are always discovering new parts of feminism and we hope you can too. Today we will be speaking to the phenomenal Blanca about her art page and platform, Eve Taking a Nude. We are interested to find out how we can appreciate the naked body in a non-sexual way and why that's important. As a heads up, we will discuss topics like nudity, body positivity, porn and sex. Hi Blanca and welcome to Bite Size Feminism. I guess we'll just start with a question. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to start Eve Taking a Nude? Hi, so um, I my name is Blanca. I just graduated. I did languages at university. So what led me to starting Eve Taking a Nude was, I guess, I mean, the short answer is that I was living in Russia when the pandemic, um, you never know what verb to use, struck. And so I had to leave really quickly. Um, and I went to London to live with my sister. And I was a bit kind of lost because, you know, I was supposed to be abroad, improving my Russian, doing my degree. And then I just came back and I had like six months ahead of me that, I mean, this happened to so many people, but that I didn't, yeah, I basically just didn't really have a plan. Um, And so I'd gotten into painting more in Paris. I was living in Paris before Russia. And it really helped me like learn how to be on my own because I would just go out, it's very prissy, and I would go out and about and like paint things that I saw on the street or draw things I saw on the street. And it just, it makes you kind of feel more comfortable going to meals on your own and stuff if you have a pen and paper and you're just like, you know, the resident Parisian artist. So then I was doing that more in Russia as well. Um, I think also when you go to art galleries, if you bring a pen and paper and like try and sketch some of the pieces, they kind of become more ingrained in your mind. Anyway, so then, yeah, I'd gotten more into it. And when I was in Russia, I started painting myself um, and started painting my body in the bath. I have quite a lot of body hair, so it was like helping me kind of become more comfortable with that. And then when I got back to London during lockdown, um, I started painting myself again and I was painting flowers that I saw on, you know, our designated daily walk during the height of lockdown. And one day I'd painted flowers on the top of a page and then I painted a nude that I'd taken below it and it just looked so edenic. So I took a picture of it and sent it to my friends and was like, lol, it's Eve taking a nude. And then I was suddenly like, oh my god that's such a good idea it was like a light bulb moment and I went downstairs so hyped up um and spoke to my si- I was living with my sister and her husband and I was like guys I've just had the best idea ever and just went into this rant about why I think it's an important concept and then made sure to look up online that no one had ever done anything with that name before and yeah that's basically how it started and then I 
told some friends about it and loads of them wanted to send me photos. And then within a week, like random, not random, but like women from different places across the UK um, were sending me news who I'd never met, so. Wow, that is an amazing origin story and it really sounds like you had a light bulb moment. Um, So obviously you're talking about how it empowered you to come to terms with your body hair through drawing yourself. How would you say that it's empowered other people who've come to you to ask for their portraits? I think the main thing that I've noticed is that it just helps. I do sometimes paint men now, but I mainly paint um, women, cis women, I should say, Um, just because those are the people who feel more comfortable um, contacting me so far. But I think what I've noticed is that it helps them look at their body in a way that isn't just purely sexual and in a way that isn't just purely wondering what their body com- body sorry comes across as to other people. Um, in terms of body positivity, I think it would be a bit... It wouldn't be 100% accurate to say that I necessarily help people with body... You know, with body dysmorphia and stuff like that because... I I think it helps a little bit, but I think that's such an ingrained issue within so many of us. Um, And it's such a kind of long process, the process of like healing body dysmorphia, for example, that I like to think that this, if people, you know, don't have a great relationship with their body, if they send me a photo, then that can be like a step in the direction of um, learning to love their body and the way it looks. But I don't think I can say that like heals their body dysmorphia but what I do think it does like I said is like learn is help people to learn to look at their bodies in a way that isn't purely sexual um and it's definitely helped me with that as well and also just like I think making people more comfortable being naked when they're on their own because I think we're we're accustomed to just being naked with you know a partner but um being naked on your own can be so liberating. What would you say the difference is between you taking a nude and sending it to a partner, for example, or taking a nude and sending it to you for you to draw it? Well, I think it's like, I think it's all about the gaze. So, you know, if you're sending me a photo of yourself that you want painted for yourself, essentially, you're thinking more about what how you want your body to come across to yourself. So it's a more intimate experience with your own self rather than thinking about how your body comes across to others. Um, I think it's like there's actually a really interesting intersection between portraiture and self-portraiture and what I do because like the models are so involved in the process and they get so much of a say in how they come across in the painting and what their pose is you know I never tell someone I want you to pose in a certain way like these are the colors that I'm definitely going to use like this is the style that I'm definitely going to use so I think it's like yeah I think it's much more about self-portraiture. Yeah that's really important the difference between taking a picture of yourself for yourself as opposed to taking it for someone else. Um, How would you say art ties into being a feminist issue and why is it feminist for you? So, um, I mean, I'm sure this is a term that people have come across, but I think it's so tied up. Art is a feminist issue because, um, I mean, art is tied up with the history of 
the patriarchy. Um, and for everyone listening to this podcast, it's important. Well, I would really recommend you read um, Linda Nochlin's essay, uh, Why Have There Been No Great Female Artists, on, you know, the absence of female voices um, and female artists in the art world um, up until the 20th century. Um, and also to follow great female, is it great female artists or great women artists on Instagram? Anyway, um, so I think it's a feminist issue because for too long, like, women haven't had a say in how they're represented um, in art. And also it's so tied up with, this is a term I was talking about before, I'm sure people have heard, but if you haven't, the male gaze, um, bit, which is, you know, tied up with how women are represented. So too, too often women have been presented through the male gaze. And what I hope to do um, is allow women to represent themselves through their own gaze. And that's also linked to film. Um, and it's really important to start watching more films by women as well. Because, um, you know, sometimes, I think you can just, like, there's there's a subtlety in, in some artworks and how you can tell that they've been painted through the male gaze or if they've been painted through the female gaze. And there's, I mean, empowered is such an overused, but an overused word. But I think it is empowering to have women representing themselves. So that's why I think it's a feminist issue because we need to make sure that women and trans women are able to represent themselves in their own light and to also normalize women in art and make it and also normalize joyful representations of women in art um, so that it's not always about, yeah, basically just normalize it women appearing in art as they want to be represented. So I just wanted to ask on your opinion about how the female nude has changed throughout history because not so long ago painting the female nude was seen as something beautiful and respected and now of course the female nude is banned on social media. So I just wondered what you think about this. So I mean I think there have been many changes across the centuries and there have been you know, there's been progress and there's also been setbacks. So, like, obviously in the... I mean, this is... I First of all, I'm not an art history student. I do know quite a bit about art, but I am an art history student, just to preface this. But, um... And I can only really speak about Western art because I don't have that much experience studying art from other societies. But, you know, the nude was... is was was an important aspect of Greek and ancient art because it was seen as being close to representing the gods. And then, you know, with the rise of Christianity, it became more stigmatized. But then I was actually reading today that apparently the first nude that appeared after that in the 13th and 14th centuries, I don't know if it was the first nude, but it became normal again to paint Jesus in the nude, which I hadn't known. And then um, in the Renaissance period, um, the nude was glorified again, but always with an element of um, kind of, I don't know whether to say charity or char uh, chastity or purity. But, and then, you know, there were changes from the 15th century to the 20th century. And then 
the nude became commercialized again. Um, so it's complicated because I think, like, basically the nude is commercialized, especially the female nude. But at the same time, and and it's and it is annoying and it's frustrating that Instagram like suppresses nude art. But at the same time, I do think it's becoming normalized again to like think about the nude and think about it critically and think about it from a feminist lens. So while I think there's so much left to do and there's a long way to go now to fight against like basically the commercialization of sex and the nude, I do think that, and that Instagram sometimes can commercialize the nude on its platform as well. I think the issue is that Instagram and social media networks can also be places where people do get to look at the nude critically and get to think about their own bodies again in a more positive light. So I think at the moment, you can't say that there's like either a positive or a negative um, perspective on the female nude, but that it just kind of depends what platforms you're looking at, what artists you're looking at, um, basically what you're choosing to have on your feed, what you're choosing to watch and read. We've talked a lot about, um, I guess, nudity from sort of a non, um, sort of sexualized lens. Um, but I guess there's there's also sort of art that is more sort of erotic art. What what do you think sort of makes art sexual and erotic? Because I know sometimes that's also maybe the objective of some artists, uh, like opposed to sort of nudity in in art, for example. That's such an interesting question and I was thinking about it today and I was thinking it's so hard to answer that, um, you know, with a kind of eloquent and educated um, answer. I think it just, again, it's so hard to pinpoint it, but I think it just really depends on the gaze and on the aim of the artist um, and on the focus of the work. Like, they're just, and even just like the brush strokes that are used and, and, the shading that's used, like there's some nude art accounts that to me come across slightly more erotic and I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what it is, it's just kind of like an impression I get from from the perspective that's used, from the, yeah, from the style that's used, from the gaze that's used, but I can't, I can't really pinpoint it. I mean, a, a work that's been, that's been, Okay, so, but then at the same time, we can pinpoint some things. So, for example, you know, there were paintings that were done in the 19th century of women's nudes where women just come across as an object because either they're not looking at the painter or the way their bodies are positioned. And that, that's clearly an erotic, that, so that it shows that there's clearly an erotic perspective being used. Um, and then, for example, like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Modigliani. He's this um, this Italian painter from the early 20th century. You know, at that point, if you use pubic hair, and if you represented pubic hair, that would be an erotic statement. But now, it's really difficult to pinpoint, but I think it, it just, like, I'm repeating this, and I appreciate that it sounds really vague, but I think it's about the gay. So, like, a film that's criticised sometimes for over-eroticising the nude and female sexuality is um, Blue is the Warmest Colour, the French film about a lesbian relationship. I don't know if you guys have seen it. And, you know, it's, 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 
I wish I was like a, a, a ex, an experienced art critic and experienced film critic so that I could highlight exactly what it is about the film that makes it overly eroticized and like objectifies this kind of lesbian relationship from a male perspective. But I can't give you like a clear answer about what it is in that film that does that. I think it's to do with, you know, lingering camera work, again, the perspective, the lighting that's used. So it's like all of these subtleties that make something erotic. And and how sort of helpful do you think it is to also view sort of nudity as sort of a natural I mean, an empowering phenomenon. I know we should be sort of using that word less um, and not just sort of solely sexual. I just think, like, we all have a desire. I was thinking about this sentence today. We all have a desire to be desired. And that becomes so much more ingrained in us, in the in our society. And I can't speak for what societies were like in the 20th century and in the 19th century. And before that, I'm sure that there was, it was similar then, but certainly now because of the commercialization of sex. And I think it is changing a bit, but we all were brought up, especially as women, cis women, to want to be desired and to look at ourselves thinking from the perspective of the person that we're attracted to, thinking, do we come across attractive to them? rather than looking at ourselves just like on our own so I think there's something about and seeing your body just on your own trying to get rid of that sexual lens that just helps you become more comfortable in yourself it can even extend to like helps you become more comfortable being on your own um and ties into things like helps you become more comfortable engaging with masturbation like it's all of these things. It's learning to be on your own and learning to like appreciate yourself. Because we're also always taught to always be to have such a critical lens when we look at ourselves, when we look at our personality. So I think kind of wrapping yourself in like a warm bubble in your own time when you're alone one evening or one morning or one afternoon of like love and care for yourself and just seeing yourself in a perspective that's just you know, rid of any pressures around you can really help. But at the same time, I don't want this project to be completely, like, desexualized. Like, I'm not trying to pressurize women who I paint into completely desexualizing themselves. Like, that. ultimately, that's their decision. And it's impossible to fully get rid of the male gaze because that's what's been ingrained into us. And, like, I still find myself thinking about it much less than I used to, but um, it's ingrained within us. But I think it just helps to get into the habit of just looking at yourself on your own, taking time to do it. Also learning about your body, like, you know, this is a classic kind of feminist trip, but how many of us have actually, like, looked at our genital area and, like, gotten accustomed to it? How many people actually know where their clitoris is? All of those questions. Do you, do you have any sort of particular advice for when people want to spend sort of time on their own and and feel more sort of comfortable with their bodies from a sort of more neutral standpoint without those voices of inner critique and I guess the male male gaze that's such a good question I was thinking about it today again it's hard because it depends um on every person it depends what mood you're in are you on your period are you like tired are you hungover um you know have you had a difficult day but Definitely what helps me, like what lighting there is in the bathroom or in the room that has a mirror, like, you know, 
I appreciate that it's it's not a question of just taking off your clothes and looking at yourself and suddenly see, thinking like, I love myself. But um, I think what's helped everyone who has done this, who's spoken to me, is genuinely painting themselves or drawing themselves because it makes you like appreciate every detail of your body because you're making it into an artwork um and it gives you kind of like a dignity as well like I am someone who is worthy of being painted or worthy of being drawn or worthy of being you know um focused on essentially so that's definitely something and I think just trying to become more comfortable being naked like also, this is quite, like, you know, not everyone can do this because not everyone can swim and not everyone has access to swim to swimming spots. But something that's really helped me in recent times is that I'm a, like, very keen open water swimmer. And um, especially in kind of, like, certain swimming spots, people will just so comfortably get naked when they get changed. Um... And it just really helps because you see the like variety and diversity of bodies that there are in those spaces and everyone's just comfortable getting changed um, in front of other people. So that's something that's definitely helped me. But I think it depends on the person. But I would say like if you have time, even if you say that you're not good at art, just spending one evening drawing yourself would yeah, I really I, think I mean, help. I think art is, is such an important sort of feminist topic that often isn't always sort of discussed and, and considered one um, and you've sort of talked a, a lot about different painters and, and really interesting sort of points of, of discussion who would you sort of continue the conversation with and, and pass the microphone on to? So I don't think there's one artist per se that I would know to pass the mic onto that has like a similar um project as me but in terms of like theory I really would recommend that everyone read Sean Faye's The Transgender Issue um because I think like it's just such an important topic um and I just find her really inspiring and I think we just need to get used to the idea of like listening to people about their experiences and also kind of thinking about the trans about trans rights like with compassion and um and also it just it's it's you know a really well written book, so I would definitely i mean she already has a massive platform, so this isn't necessarily me passing on the mic, but I think that's something that is important to focus on, and I'm hoping to um, make trans people feel more welcome on my page. It's obviously difficult because you don't want to go out and like ask people. Part of my project is that I don't really ask people to paint them because I want it to be their decision and I don't want there to be any pressure. Um, so I think it would be strange if I went out and like tried to find trans people to paint because in a way it kind of feel like tokenization or like, yeah, it would just feel a bit strange, but I want, trans people to feel comfortable on my page and on my art page um and with my art so that's I don't know if that's passing the mic because like I said she is a huge platform but that's definitely um a area that I think is important to focus on and then just 
watching films by women is really important. Going to the art galleries and focusing on paintings by women. And this has been going on for, you know, 100 years over that. But if you go to an art gallery and you realise that there are only two paintings by women in an art gallery of like 10,000 paintings, go to the front desk and just say, I want to lodge a complaint. I've done this with my mum so many times. And say, I've noticed that there's only this amount or how many paintings are there by trans people? How many paintings are there by people of colour? You know, and just continue that conversation. It's That's like a really easy way of doing a tiny bit of activism. Just going to the front desk saying politely, like, can I lodge a complaint about this? Um, you know, is your cinema showing films by women? Films by people from diverse, diverse backgrounds? Like, all of those things. Um, there's actually a really good uh, article that I can give you guys a link to um, by a girl who I went to university with. A woman, I should say. I need to get out of the habit of saying girl. Um, who wrote an article called something like eight films, I think, by women of colour. It might be more than eight to watch this year. Um, and it's really good. So, yeah, just continuing the conversation, basically. Well, thank you so much for all those suggestions they sound fascinating and as much as I can't wait to read Sean Fay's book you've now added eight films that I'm going to have to go and watch and complete I'm going to have to lodge when I go to art galleries which is fab um, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us about all the important work you're doing for people to empower them I know you don't like the word but to empower them through their bodies so thank you Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to find out more, please check out the resources in the description. If you want to collaborate or share with us, feel free to reach out at bitesize underscore feminism on Instagram. Email us at bitesizefeminism at outlook.com or check out our website www.bitesizefeminism.co.uk. Thank you to Rob Hyde for the music you are hearing now. See you next week.